0: Good evening everyone. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us on the political deep dive. Uh and thanks uh, we got a good turnout so far. Um uh this week I got zucked and uh because I, I made an inappropriate comment. It happens. Uh so I um uh had to start a new page. I, I mean I the old one's going to be back next week. Um but uh wanted to start a new page because this is happening a little bit more often than I like and and I need a place to broadcast. So uh thank you for joining me joining me on the facebook page thank you for joining us uh you know whether on youtube twitch uh twitter i appreciate it give us a like a share a subscribe uh on these platforms it helps boost our reach and i'm not asking for money or trying to make money off of this in fact you know i i do 90 of this stuff for my 99 of this stuff for my own personal enjoyment and and uh, uh perverse pleasure i guess (laughs) um you know we'll get to our guest in a moment um i there are lots of things i I love talking about i'm i'm a political science nerd i'm an international affairs nerd and this week has been very difficult for me um the the invasion of ukraine has been a, a particularly difficult thing to watch i you know i i did predict that uh uh Putin wasn't gonna invade. I thought Putin was just in it to uh negotiate down some of the sanctions that are already existing on the Russian government and uh in particular his oligarch buddies, and to get a security guarantee that NATO wouldn't expand to Ukraine. Um, <clears throat> I was wrong about that. And uh uh, you know, he is uh, uh acting very erratically, but I I do take a little bit of pause and I'll get into that in a moment, but um, you know, just seeing the, uh, Ukrainian people stand up to this is quite amazing. I, I, I can't speak enough good things about the Ukrainian people, politicians, uh, you know, Zelensky, Zelensky an actor and, uh, you know, he knows how to use the camera to his effect and he's done it very well. I will say that. I mean, the, the, the videos he posts of him outside knowing that he's got a bounty on his head uh you know those brass ones i'm i'm going to i'm not going to lie but um r- remember we're early in a war um and we're not immune from it even though we're not participating where there's uh um propaganda going on on both sides and um uh my hope is that the ukrainians push back the russians and the russians leave uh i hope this causes the putin government to to fall um but let's not pretend that Ukraine is a perfect country. I mean, there are there are issues there. Uh, when he talks about denazification, there is a um, what is called the Azov Battalion. It's not like the entire military. It's not even the entire government. Uh, there is a uh, one member of the parliament who's part of the political wing of the Azov Battalion, the Svoboda Party. Um, but uh, that whole thing is overblown. And I will probably tell you that in the American military, there is just as many neo Nazis and white supremacists and things like that within our own military, uh, that shouldn't be a reason for us to be invaded. Um, And I will note that as we watch this invasion by, by Russia, Russia is using a lot of the same language we did when we invaded, uh, invaded Iraq. And uh, it's kind of awkward to watch because this is the same stuff that we, we've been saying for, for uh, many years. So, Uh, to justify our our overseas military adventurism. So, um, but again, my, my hope, uh, and I do stand with the Ukrainian people um, and uh, just, just be careful out there. There's going to be a lot of propaganda going back and forth uh, on this. Um, We're starting to see like old war photos being used as justification or to, to build anger uh, regarding the response of what's going on in, in Ukraine. So, uh, just be careful what you see. So, all right, uh, we've got some ca- comments here, um, and my guest. Let me bring on my guest. Uh, my guest is Jennifer Moore. Uh, Jen is currently the chair of the Libertarian Party of the of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Um, she is auditor of Upper P- Providence Township in Pennsylvania. Um, a fantastic person and uh, instrumental to in the success story that is the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. So, Jennifer Moore, thank you for joining us.
1: Hey, David. Hey. Wow, I'm really washed out.
0: <laughs> it's all good.
1: Yeah, let me see if I can fix it a little. I don't know. My yeah, dog nice. scratching at the door. Thank you for having me on. That's a little hey, better, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, um, I know
0: that you are really keen about telling your story and telling you what is going on in Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um it's my last week as chair. Um our convention is this coming weekend and I'm really really looking forward to getting out of the hot seat. Um it's going to be a huge relief. Um but you know, there's a lot of things that I haven't stood up to or commented on um just like for the sake of professionalism over the right. course. So I was really, you know, hoping to get some of that out there. Um, yeah. you know, and kind of give my side of the story um because I think it deserves to be told as we're going into all of this. So I've actually like, you know, I've been looking back at like old minutes and I've been looking at, you know, some rants about me from political rivals and, you know, all the things that you do when you're kind of writing your memoirs. And I've been kind of looking at this stuff for the past couple of weeks and, you know, in the past five years, it's just, there's just too much to even organize. Like, I, so I think you're going to get a stream of consciousness, and I apologize for that.
0: that that's um, fine. I'll, I'll try and uh, uh, funnel you in, in certain directions and and see where, yeah. where, we, where we can go. Uh, let's get some, oh, thanks, Craig, for sharing the uh, post. Um, yes, thank you for the time you've given this party. So five years. Uh, let's, let's actually go back and how did you become a libertarian?
1: Well, I I um I, I had been a libertarian for long before I joined the party, but in twenty seventeen the convention was my birthday weekend and I told my husband I want to go to the Libertarian Convention for my birthday and he's like, Are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I really want to do this. So in 2017, we went to the convention in Harrisburg and there was, of course, a bunch of libertarian drama then, like there always is. It's amazing how these things are cyclical, but it really was like coming home. Like I had found my tribe. Um, it was just, I was one of those new activists and I was ready to get to work. I was excited about it. and. Um, you know, I I did get to work, you know, within that year, I was elected as township auditor, I was elected as vice chair of my county, my very first job was taking over the county Facebook page, which, was something that, like, I didn't know anything about Facebook and, you know, about me- <laughs> being a page admin. I've, I know a lot more now, five years later, and I got it started. You know, there were some bumps, but, you know, other people took it and made it a lot bigger than I could afterwards. But, you know, even within that year, I was elected to as Eastern Vice Chair of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. So in that time, um, I helped organize 11 county affiliates as Eastern Vice Chair. Um, got most of the Northeast up and running, and they're doing great. Um, most of those affiliates are still very active. Um, between 2019 and 2021, we won 225 elections. Libertarians did, um, and I was, you know, one of the key people on that multi-manoeuvre project to, you know, help get those people elected to office, recruit them, um, get them on the ballot. I've run two large ballot access drives. I serve on the National Ballot Access Committee. Um, I ran for statewide office in 2020 for Auditor General. I got the highest vote totals in the state for a third party that year and the fourth highest in LPPA history. So um, I would say that I did hit the ground running. I got to work. We got a lot done. We've raised a bunch of money and we've spent it all on, you know, winning elections and bolstering our membership. So I'm proud of what we've done. It's just, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, at this point, you know, i Last year, I won chair in a very hotly contested race, and you know, at this point, after next week, I'm going to be moving away from the party, and it's just because I'm exhausted with the pettiness and the infighting. I just need a break.
0: Yeah, and we'll get to get to the yep. you know, examples of the crap that you've had to deal with, but you—you, um, uh, you, I wouldn't say you glossed over it, but you—you you kind of ran through it pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit about the success of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, particularly within your your administration as as chair uh, this past year. What is what has the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania done?
1: Well, you know, the biggest thing was, you know, a couple of years ago, we were able to hire an executive director and Kevin um, Goggin is just a marketing genius. And he brought in so much money. And once we had that money, we were able to spend it. Um, He did most of that through mass mail, um, you know, sending mail postcards, letters to our registered libertarians, asking them to join the party, asking them to donate. And once you have money, you can work on a lot more of these projects. So this past year, the really big success was the Moulton Maneuver. Um, We won 178 elections, I believe, again, using the mail to ask people to run for office for winnable positions. And I will say that that is the one project that we did have people come together across factional lines on. Um, I can't say enough about the people who, you know, came together and just worked on it. And we got people elected across the whole libertarian spectrum. Um, You know, there was some opposition to it. And we'll get into that. Um, But, you know, there are things that we can work on together. And we're very successful. when we do. Um, Unfortunately, like after that November election, there was no time to celebrate because it was just, you know, at that point, it was just state board meetings were six to eight hours long of like, you know, talking about... (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, policies and nuance and the things that libertarians like to argue about, you know. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that we could have done better this year. I think a lot of us had really big plans um, that we just didn't get to because there was just too much strife. So, you know, the main thing this year was the electoral success. Um, you know, other than that, we didn't get a lot of the things that we hoped to get done done. We did get a few more counties organized, um, particularly in the West, because Sam Robb is such a fantastic Western vice chair. Um, we would have really liked to get, you know, some more um, like town halls with the leadership and things like that set up. Um, unfortunately, that kind of happened outside of the scope of the party. Um, And that's been another, um, in my opinion, negative that's come out of this is that now we have like these, you know, chat groups going where, you know, well, it's causing a lot of strife. <laughs> um, I would have liked to have, like, you know, town halls. and But, like, at the end of the day, after these long meetings, nobody wanted to put themselves through it. We just, you know, needed a break. I have come to a point where I have a certain schedule for libertarian stuff, and I'm not answering your emails outside of that time because it's just too much. Yeah.
0: How many um, hours a week do you put in as, as chair? Oh,
1: um, at least a couple hours a day. I mean, that's, that's the norm. During ballot access, I was taking days off work. Um, I was putting in 8 to 10 hours. And Wes Benedict was putting in 16-hour days answering calls. Um, It was no joke. Um, And I tried to prepare people for that beforehand, saying I wasn't going to be available. But they were still mad at me. (laughs) But you got to figure I was answering, you know, phone calls all day and night from candidates at that point. But right now, I would say that I need at least an hour a day to listen to people complain. Um, At least an hour a day to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to, um, You know, send emails and organize things and answer questions, especially with the convention coming up. Um, yeah. So, I mean, no less than 12 to 14 hours a week, sometimes a lot more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you recently lost uh, Kevin. Uh, he's left mm-hmm. the, the position. Um, what is the future of the executive director position with the RFP?
1: That will be up to the next board. You know, that's one of those things. We told them five months ago that I was going to be stepping away. Kevin was going to be stepping away. It would have been a wonderful time for everybody to, you know, look for an executive director, find out what we did on the day-to-day. And that didn't really happen. Um, you know, it's it's a shame because, like, a lot of this knowledge is not going to be passed on now. They're very worried about the bank account. And, you know, the reality is we spent, we have a 48-person board. We spent eight and a half hours on a meeting um, this past, um, for our February meeting. If they would have used those 400-plus volunteer hours to fundraise, they would have no trouble paying their bills. Um, the truth is, you know, you've run the fundraisers out of the party and now somebody needs to pick up the slack and they need to pick it up right now because we haven't been in a position in several years where we haven't had people actively fundraising. And you're going to feel it come, you know, July and August for ballot access, too. I mean, there are people here who have that skill set and I am confident that they're going to be fine and they're going to pick it up. But like they need to start picking it up now.
0: Yeah. Um, actually, let me bring on my sister, Kara Cara Valente. How you doing, Bear?
1: I'm well. How are you? Hey Kara. Good. I think we met one time before on one of these. Yeah. <laughs> it is a
0: pleasure to see you again. I've been looking forward to this yeah. all week.
1: Oh man, so... you're here for like the libertarian inside baseball.
0: Yeah. This That's is okay, this is you
1: know? <laughs> <clears throat> You've really got to be dedicated to, you know, really love your brother to come on this one. <laughs> I really, really love my brother. <laughs> I'm
0: all right. <laughs> He's all right. <laughs> All right. Uh so um All right, well let's talk about uh fundraising. So you you how how has fundraising been this year?
1: This year has actually been pretty good. I mean, Kevin's done his mailings. Um, you know, we we had unfortunately our finance chair also resigned. Um we tried to call a meeting and nobody really responded. So I guess that'll be for the next board as well. Um, it was just, there was a lot of difficulty because I had to go back through all the minutes to find out who was even on the committee. Um, there's still things like that organizationally that we can do a lot better on. Um, I believe that this will probably be a better fundraising year than any year so far. A lot of that was because the Moulton Maneuver is such a easy concept to engage with people on. We can tell them, look, we won, we're going to win all these elections. We have a track record or we did win all these elections please donate so you know that's a great pitch yeah. um i think that's why we've done we've done so well with it we also have a really big convention coming up where you know it's my hope that they'll raise a lot of money um you know the main thing is our main full-time fundraiser is no longer here so you know they need to get somebody to fill that role fast and even if it's not the executive director whether it's getting the finance committee up and running i mean that's just tasked to the people who are going to pick it up and do it
0: yeah exactly uh, so, um, recently you had issues with the, um, there was an audit that took place. Are you able to talk about that?
1: I can talk about some of it. Um, I mean, the, the main thing is, is, you know, that w- there's some discrepancies with record keeping and things like that, um, that, you know, w- we just, it, we're still going to need a little bit more time. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, the audit wasn't good. Um, it really, for me, was a trip down memory lane, um, It was difficult to see knowing that I'm stepping away because I can see in the last three years how we've professionalized things. I can see how we were raising money, how we were spending it, how we finally had record retention. We were leveraging data and how, you know, before all of this, we were only raising like $6,000 a year. Um, There were no minutes to be kept anywhere. We don't know why money was spent the way that it was spent. Um, You know, I'm not saying that anything nefarious was going on. It's just that we don't have proper records. And the last three years, we do have good records. Um, You know, we definitely found places for improvement, but, you know, nothing like the time before. So, you know, it's difficult to, you know, to see everything that you've built, um, you know, being risked because, you know, of infighting. But again, like, you know, I'm a professional. I've got my job. I've got a career. I've got my family. Like politics is pretty low on the totem, totem pole. And this is a volunteer job. Like I do this as a hobby and it's really not fun anymore. So, you know, the audit was, Um, it took them, I don't know, 80 hours, 100 hours. Like they were working on this audit for like 12 hour days, like every weekend. It was amazing. We had to go back and spend like $1,200 to get all the bank statements that had not been preserved and, um, you know, copies of checks. And that was another thing that was really fascinating to me to see the check copies come in and what money had been spent on before as of now. Um, You know, before a lot of it went to reimbursing activists. Whereas in the past couple of years we've done a lot of money to like mail houses and professional services and things like that, you can just see the growth of the organization. You know, not that it was bad the way things were done before, um, just that we had professionalized things and we're playing on a different level these yeah. past
0: few years. Growing pains, that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. <clears throat> so being a state chair is difficult. I I did mm-hmm. as West Virginia state chair, not nearly as difficult as what you've been going through, and even before your stint as uh, state chair uh, talking to you about uh, your career in politics last year when we did a a show on women in politics, um, uh, kind of detail some of the pushback you've been receiving uh, as state chair, uh, despite all this enormous success that you've been having.
1: Yeah, I mean, the main thing, um, there's been just like this huge, like, cultural shift in the LP. Um, I would say that it probably started in 2019. Um, It's just like, all of a sudden, there's like this negative feedback loop where everything is painted as a conspiracy. Anything that you don't like happening is a conspiracy. Um, And you know, I can go through example after example, and I'll probably give a couple of them here. But there's just like all these whispers about people's motives started to manifest. Um, and and you'll hear it all the time, you know, they'll be talking about how, you know, they just want to keep it their small social club or, you know, I mean, like just like projecting on people's motives. It's like just completely false. I mean, if we wanted to keep it our small social club, we wouldn't have a board of 48 people and 1700 members. Right. (laughs)
0: Like, so,
1: I mean, you start hearing all of these things and just like escalating smear campaigns against leadership. And that's one of the things that I learned, that if I engage with it or defend myself, that it just kind of escalates the neg- negativity. So I just you know, try to stay focused and on task and working. I don't want to give anybody any hate to monetize, right? <laughs> so you know, I've just kind of stayed above it. But the thing that I would task people with is, think about who is talking dirt on who, right? Like, I mean, how many times have you heard me going out there and saying terrible things about all of these people? Or and how many times have you heard them saying terrible things about the leadership in public forums? I mean, sure, we all bent to our friends. Um, So there's a lot of that. There's this culture of questioning motives. The one that comes to mind right now, because it's been a really hot topic, is um, early in my term as chair, there was a policy put forth to limit um, voting members on subcommittees to seven people. This is just a good like corporate governance thing. Right. Like, I mean, our 48 person board should be, you know, testament to the fact that you can't have huge committees like it just doesn't work. Um, But this has been spun into this conspiracy to keep Mises out of committees. And they only did this to hold us back and not allow us to be part of it. Now, I'll tell you that during my term as chair, most of the people who were added to committees were from that faction. Um, I made it was one of my campaign promises, and I made sure that you know I helped to um, facilitate that. There were some that I said I would, and then I hesitated on because of issues that came up at the time, um, but then eventually did get appointed. The board appointed people from you know the various factions. It backfired in some cases i mean there's some committees where we have a brawl at least once a week with everybody arguing there's other committees that have ground to a halt and they just don't work anymore um you know so we've got that type of thing going on but you know the fact that you don't want to grow committees to be you know 25 people large where nothing gets done is not an attack on any anyone and when people make it out that that was the motive i mean it just goes to show that they have no idea you know, what any of us are really thinking. Um, But, you know, aside from that, you know, from the culture that's developed in my term as chair, um, we have a lot of new people. We have a very inexperienced board. So that to begin with was already a problem. And then you have just a few people who just seem to be actively sabotaging things. So right out of the gate, um, the very first thing that, you know, happened in our June meeting was there was this question of, whether or not the counties, the county reps had 12 signatures on file. Um, typically, you know, what we had been doing in practice is that, you know, our bylaws say that when a county gets 12 members, they can petition the state board and they'll get representation on the state board. So when they got up to 12 members and they came to us and asked us and said, hey, I have 12 members, can I be on the board? We said, sure. Well, you know, this turned into this whole, like, I can't even explain. Like, this was the perfect example of how the Democrats and the Republicans do things, right? It was like, I just broke your leg and handed you a crutch. Um, We had this whole like fiasco about whether or not they had to be signatures on paper. I ruled they didn't have to be. They appealed the ruling of the chair, like the ruling of the chair was upheld. It went to the judicial committee. The judicial committee sided against me. And then this letter went out um, for the maker of the motion saying that, you know, he's trying to disenfranchise counties. Um, And then he backed way off. No, 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 I'm not trying to say. I think that that email is probably what made him back off. But that's neither here nor there. At the end of it, you know, the JC or Judicial Committee ruled that they have to have 12 signatures. Okay, they have to have 12 signatures. Well, not even later in that meeting, they tried to bring a county. Um, the same person who was, like, fighting me on this tries to bring a county and, like, submit them to be a uh, county w- within the LPPA and a county affiliate with no paperwork. We were like, you don't have any paperwork. Like, you're, you're disputing the paperwork, but you don't have any paperwork. Like, this is the st- and then like at the end of it so the JC rules and and the motioners like no 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 we're just going to do this going forward so going forward one of their Mm -hmm. Mises affiliated counties shows up right with only 11 signatures and not 12 and they override and they vote to let this county have a vote on the state board when they don't have their signatures like I just I don't know if you even follow it all of that because it's like I, I just like said so much. But the point is, like, it's just like shifting sands of like, I mean, for for political gain, just a whim, it seems like. It's, and the whole point is, where did any of this move us forward? Right.
0: Well, it sounds like political gaslighting, really, when you think it. About really
1: it. is. It really is political gaslighting. Like, I just don't I don't understand to begin mm-hmm. with why it was such a big deal that we had the signatures because we have to follow the rules. But then you didn't follow the rules yourself when it came time to like recognize your friends, like, I mean, the rules don't even matter. We might as well throw the rule book out at this point because everybody is just doing whatever they're doing for political posturing. But it wasn't just that. Um, People would show up to meetings with motions that they didn't have, I mean, I, I worked so hard to get these agendas out um, in advance. No other chair had done that. I tried to send them out a week in advance. This last meeting, I just gave up and I held it till 930 on Friday night for a Saturday meeting, hoping that people would give me their agenda items. They didn't. They still showed up with a bunch of agenda items. And then the, the approval of the agenda was a political football. I mean, they would argue it for three hours like i mean and then on top of it we would just have poli- like we had a policy manual update at least every board meeting um and they wouldn't even like workshop it beforehand they would show up and want to debate it on the floor of the meeting like the langu- like this is like cia like organizational sabotage stuff like i mean our meetings started at 4 hours and then became 6 hours and then they became 8 hours like i mean and everybody's like you know well not everybody but they're like you know see hey, we deserve a better chair than this it's like, no, once we get there, like, if you guys want to do this, my only job is to call on people and make sure everybody gets heard. Like, I mean, you need to to put things to committee, refer to committee. Like, I had three things on the last agenda that said this should be referred to committee. This should not be something the state board is debating. They put them all on the agenda anyway. Like, I mean, they came with motions that nobody had heard about and placed them on the agenda. Like, there's just no winning. By my last meeting, like, I had been stressed out the entire time. I had a splitting headache every meeting. This last time, like, you walk in and you see them all on Zoom and they're angry. Mm -hmm. Like, they're really, like, mad about this, about these, like, nonsensical policies that don't even matter. And at that point, I just leaned into it and, like, saw the humor because, like – like really <laughs> like, the, 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 you're like you're you're taking yourself so seriously right now and i know that a lot of people thought that my attitude was unbecoming, becoming but i really was laughing at the absolute absurdity of the fact that we were going to spend 8 hours arguing about nothing and getting nothing done for no reason <laughs> so this,
0: i mean to me like uh, you know the the fight for power within this party and you know i hate to denigrate the party but Really, it's like trying to become principal of a homeschool. But where, why, why the 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 uh, just absolute hatred and uh, and we're seeing some of it in the uh, chat. I'm not sharing a lot of it, but yeah. Um,
1: I figured they'd be here and that's fine. Yeah, um, that's they've fine. been telling their story for, you know, about me for years and months at this point. And, you know, the reality is, you know, sometimes my friends, you know, do this nonsense too. And I see them filibuster meetings too. But, um, you know, I know where it started because I was here at the beginning, so.
0: So, um, well, let's start naming names. Like <laughs> who, who uh, so people are angry on these meetings. That has to be started somewhere. Who's like the chief agitator of of what's going on?
1: Well, um, honestly, like, I mean, let's go back to the beginning of where like all of this, you know, all of this negativity started. Um, I would say in 2019, there were some, you know, social media arguments between our executive director um, and Michael Heiss. Um, our executive director um, said. Let me,
0: let me, uh, just yeah. add that Michael Heiss is the uh, the chair of the PAC that is called the Mises. Right. Uh, it is a political action committee. Uh, he is based in Pennsylvania, yeah. um, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about him more.
1: Yeah. Um, Kevin had basically said that he was sowing discord for political gain, Um, and it turned into this whole, I just need an apology from you. Um, So, like, they came to the state board with this letter demanding an apology or else Kevin should be fired. And um, at the time, it kind of hit everybody out of the blue, but that was kind of where all of this discord started, right? And um, there was the recording of the meeting, which Michael asked the chair at the time, Steve Sheets for. And Steve said, I think I deleted it. And he came back and said, no, here it is. But then, like, Michael Heiss and Mark Bazzacco still decided to bring this whole, like, slew of hypothetical questions to our judicial committee about, you know, whether or not, like, deleting recordings against policy was breaking bylaws. And they used that to try to have Kevin and Steve removed. Now, mind you he had the recording the entire time, all these judicial hearings and stuff are going on that. He already had the recording, but he just wanted an apology. Um, I mean, it just like, it was just amazing. Um, and, you know, that's one of the criticisms of me is that I didn't stand up to them or I didn't try to mediate. Like my whole thing at the time was you have the recording. Like I see if you never got the recording, why well, you would have a point, but you have the recording in hand. You had it for weeks and months at this point and you're still carrying on. So all of that happened. And then um, we had officer elections in my county Um, and we're all, you know, in the same county. We had Kevin was invited from out of area and Steve lives in the county next door, um, Steve Sheets. But he had been a member of Monco and he had in fact been Monco chair for years. Um, We show up to this meeting, and I'm telling you, the people in Montcalm were really sick of the drama. Um, They voted for Henry Connolly for chair, mostly because Henry had campaigned. He'd called everybody in the county and asked them to vote for him. As soon as the vote didn't go these guys' way, it was a huge conspiracy. Um, I mean, they still to this day talk about how I installed a socialist. I mean, they will tell me that I called people to tell them to vote for Henry. Like, I literally showed up and voted Mm. on my own behalf. Yet somehow I turn the county over to a socialist. I mean, it's just like, and I mean, I actually had a conversation with Michael Heiss about this, and he is convinced in his head that, you know, that this was a conspiracy that, you know, I was at the heart of to turn the county over to Henry. And they bullied him until he left a few months later. Like, you know, this is a volunteer job. But, you know, that's been one of the, like, rallying cries against me is that, you know, I did this within the county and I, you know, stacked their officer elections. It's like, no, it really was your letter um, and your JC hearings and everything working against you. Um, I mean, that really was what I believe it was. And I showed up, I voted on my own behalf. And the funniest part about all of this is that even without those two or three, like out of area, out of county votes, Henry still would have won in a landslide. Um, I mean, it is what it is, but you know, he's gone. Montco's doing Montco. And there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, uh, talk about Maj Teray too. Um, I was attempting to help Maj during his 2019 run. Um, I had some poor interactions with him privately and I kind of backed away. Um and I didn't really say very much publicly but you know I, I don't I don't really you know care for him he doesn't care for me and that's fine but I guess that speaks to your caliber as an activist when just withdrawing your support is enough you know to make people hate you um because I just went and worked on a different project and I'm like you know I have no role in local elections you do you and I'll do me it turned into this grand conspiracy that I had had tried to deplat him form him <clears throat> from national I have no say over national speakers that I had tried to run him out of the party to this day, these rumors are still circulating and it's like, I did no such thing. I backed away. And I worked on, you know, the uh, Moulton Maneuver, and we got 47 people elected that year. Like, I was not worried about what Maj was doing in Philly. I did call and reach out to his campaign towards the end and asked him if they needed any help with looking over signatures and stuff. And his campaign manager said no. That was more than I did for most candidates. But, you know, at that point, I just wasn't actively out there petitioning and handing out literature and stuff for him. And, you know, that alone was enough to, you know, get them riled up with me. But you know the, it, the stories go on and on and on about you know how I'm corrupt and I mean that's the thing you hear over and over and over again is corruption, and really it's just these like out of control stories that they've spun. Yeah. <laughs> about I was just in the area, and yeah. you know all of a sudden it's my fault.
0: Yeah, it. Uh, it Kara, you got anything, Dad? I, I know
1: I, you're
0: I, on. I'm as good. as someone who's run for off op- am I muted? No. Oh, you're good. As someone who's run for office, I can tell you that
1: um you must be having some impact if people are willing to smear you in this way. I oh. I had I had this experience and this this the thing yeah. is, you know, we expect the Democrats and the Republicans to be like this, and I joined the LP because I thought we were better, but we become the very partisans that we hate. Um, it's just it's unreal because it wasn't like this five years ago,
0: right? Yeah, uh, and I I don't know, I mean, the the whole takeover language and takeover stuff that 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 they've been putting out, yeah, is is definitely going to draw. You know, they could take over and and uh, just have a hulk of a party that they you know. That's just burnt out shell of what it once was and
1: uh, have fun with
0: that, I guess. But um, uh, so. Tell, let's tell some of the things that they've done or said about you. What are some of the most egregious things that they've said about you? I mean, like personal, not even, you know, campaign stuff, but personal stuff.
1: Well, you know, I've definitely had some of the, you know, insinuations about who I'm sleeping with and things like that. That was, you know, individuals. I wouldn't peg that on the caucus. Um, But, you know, I, I don't know, because I've seen I've seen rumors of that throughout. Um. You know, I mean, they harp on things that happened years ago, and that happens to any woman in politics. Um, I'm telling you, I have gotten a slew of terrible text messages, mostly from anonymous numbers, um, you know, very threatening, calling me all the names that I'm not going to repeat on the air. They're mostly coming to my political number. Um, which is Mm. interesting. But again, like when I look them up, they're people in other states or they're anonymous. So, you know, I can't really tie it to anyone. Um, I think that the hardest part is just like, you know, they really accuse me of like overselling our accomplishments. Um, There's been this whole, the elections you're winning don't matter. They might as well be dog catchers. Who cares about township auditors? And like, I mean, there's always this moving goal compost. And nothing we ever do is good enough, right? I'm telling you, as a township auditor myself, this is a really, really important job. Um, Everybody in my township knows me. They ask me questions about, you know, my policy opinions on things. Um, You know, auditors are fiscal watchdogs. They catch things when they do a good job and really devote themselves to it. They're really, you know, a boon to Their community. Um, We've also got, you know, school directors and council members and mayors, and you know, even judge and inspector of elections. I mean, you're ensuring elections integrity, and we know how important all of that is. Like to say that it doesn't matter to win people to these to win, you know, these small elections. Like I don't understand what they think we're going to be doing. We're not going to put somebody in the White House in 2024. You know, this is how minor parties build. Um, You know, they also like to claim that um, our team didn't bring in the membership. It was them. Um, I mean, I have the data and I know that about 20% of our membership is Mises. I mean, they will just claim all the time that we're over half. We're over half of the membership. I mean, they're just like throwing a number at the wall and hoping it sticks. And it's one of those things that, you know, we haven't really pushed back against because, like, why? Like, why are we going to have this argument? um on social media with people. I mean it's just absolutely silly. Um you know so you know the, the fundraising you know I we know who our donors are. We know that the top 10 are about to walk away. Um you know they're going to need to replace those people if they take control of this party. Um you know I have faith that they'll figure it out. But you know we know who is contributing to this party and who isn't. We know who's only given their 20 dollars dues and I'm telling you you know the fundraising the candidates, we did have, you know, some people from that action who won election. Um, and, you know, they are, I'm sure they're going to learn a lot serving in these roles. Um, but, you know, the truth is there's only a handful of them compared to the you know, 178 that we, we elected. Most of the people that we elected have no idea about the infighting. I mean, they're just registered libertarians and they're not party people. So... You know, they just don't have any idea. I think that's the biggest thing is the attacks on the work. And I sat down with Mises leadership in June. And one of the things that they told me that they would do is stop attacking our candidates and elected officials in the Moulton Maneuver. And they did not just make do on that promise. They're still to this day talking about how the elections don't matter. Um, I told them at that time that I would talk to a few of our flamethrowers and. Um, a couple of them did step away after I talked to them. Um, one of them got worse. <laughs> but that's because the chair doesn't really have any control over that. That's one of my pet peeves is chairs, when people come to me and say, you know, so-and-so said something mean on social media, like, what do you expect me to do about that? Like, we're all adults here, right? Like, it's not the chair's job to police your Twitter feed. <laughs> and they bring it into our meetings, like, it's ludicrous. But, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, I'm just about at the end of it. And um, I mean, it's not like hurtful or anything to think that this is going to be over. It's really just a relief. Like I said, this is a hobby. And I've had lots of other liberty liberty organizations reach out and want me to get involved. I haven't made a decision about what I'm going to do yet. But I'm like just really looking forward to the next chapter. Um, I don't yeah. want to be part of a partisan political party where everybody's fighting over nothing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh you've mentioned them a couple of times, and another issue that i've seen with within Liberty, with within l p p a is is your judicial committee oh yeah what uh, what is the hypothetical like
1: well so they they keep hearing cases in non controversy right they're supposed to be the final body of appeals yeah um so they um you know, if if something comes to the board and it's a violation of the bylaws or whatever, you know, the person can bring it to the judicial committee and they'll make a ruling. But now they're, they're almost legislating from the bench. Like, you know, they're asking, you know, what should we do about credentialing? Well, that credentialing is the the purview of the membership committee. You know, you should go to the membership committee and ask them about credentialing. And if you have ideas, you should work that policy and, you know, potentially bring it to the board, but work within the committee by going to the JC, instead of going to the proper venue, we don't have a credentialing policy now. I mean, we could have had one if they would have gone the proper route. Um, But it's become, you know, like in the past three years, We have had JC drama at the final meeting of every, well, this past time, I figured they were going to try to remove me as chair this past time. And I guess they figured they didn't have the votes or something um, because that motion never came. California was talking about it out at their convention. And a bunch of people were calling me like, are you going to be removed as chair? I'm like, I don't think so. Um, What happened was I made a public statement saying that the JC is out of line. Um, This is not their role. Um, They should not be hearing cases that are not appeals and I will not entertain um, any of their rulings um, if it if it involves a hypothetical or a case in non controversy, I did say that, um, you know, the board is free to override me, which the bylaws say that I, um, I serve the board. So if the board says, No, Jen, you need to do this, I would absolutely do it, but I wasn't going to take it up of my own volition and say the JC said this, so it's the gospel because you know, I felt that they were rogue. Um, and one of the yes. JC, uh, <laughs> um, justices, he he has a radio show, Ken Crouchuk in um, southeastern Pennsylvania. Ken Krawchuk has, I've been sending him to spam since 2020. So whoever inherits the chair email should probably unspam Ken, um, just because I just can't. Like, I mean, there's just some people that I just can't. And I'm willing to admit that now. So the only time that I ever get Ken's emails telling me that he's going to be smearing me on his radio show is when somebody else has the discourtesy to copy me on a reply. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, he talked about me on his radio a few times on the radio and called me a rogue chair, and you know that's fine, you know, Ken the feeling's mutual um you know, we are both um you know in a role in this party, and you think I'm out of line, and I think you're out of line, and you know that's okay, we don't like each other, but you know at the end of the day the j c um I think that they've really overstepped their role, and you know they did rule against me and say that you know I should um follow whatever their rulings are and, you know, I can be disciplined if I I think they ruled against me because I heard they did, but I haven't read any of their rulings if you want to know the truth. (laughs) I told them I wasn't going to read them and I didn't. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, they, they brought, they drug me in front of the JC and interesting enough, I didn't go. I sent a representative. And the person who represented me was Grant Meckley, who was the chair of our judicial committee. And he resigned because he felt that they should not hear cases in non-controversy either. And Grant is actually like, you know, like a Mises-leaning guy. Um, and he's one of our best. I mean, his loss... He just is a, he's an incredibly intelligent person, incredibly measured, incredibly fair. Um, He was a little bit upset with me about the fact that, like, I put my stuff blasting the JC out on Facebook. And I did apologize for that. I shouldn't have done it that way. Like, social media was not the appropriate um, venue. But I was really grateful at the end of all of it that I had the opportunity to be on, you know, the record saying that, you know, I don't agree with this process and the way that you're doing things. Um, I... (sighs) RJC, like now that I've had to look into our bylaws and like compare them to state law, like they're so completely out of line, um, you know, as far as state law. And I think that there've been hearings that have come since then about that. Um, This board really needs to get a legal opinion regarding the judicial committee um, because they should be subservient to the board, not vice versa. Um, And I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, I've talked to a couple of lawyers about it, like non-party lawyers either too. Like, outside like neutral opinions. Um, you know, that's another task that's gonna be left to the people who are still left is, you know, like, you know, figure mm-hmm. this out because what they're doing is not the proper way to do things. But I found it interesting too that, you know, our regional rep has not, you know, spoken to me recently or um been around for anything, but she did show up to the hearing against me, I hear. So yeah. um which is fine, but, you know, it is what it is. They'll be rid of me in a week, so. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and (laughs) I, you know, I know that I was, was, you know, and I, you know, I will say I didn't have anywhere near the, I mean, even negative interactions with with the the Libertarian Party, West Virginia, at all. But the the palpable sense of relief when you step away from being chair is amazing. I can't even imagine what you're going to be feeling Uh, this time next week. Yeah,
1: well, I have some surprises up my sleeve for the convention, too, but, you know, we'll leave that for this weekend.
0: Well, I'll definitely be be buying you a drink.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the hardest parts in looking back on all of it is when I decided to run for chair, um, there was a phone campaign against me where they were calling to tell everybody how corrupt I was and how I caused all this drama in Montco and, you know, like things that just were just blatantly untrue. And after that phone campaign, it actually like solidified a lot of my political allies because they were like, I've never gotten a call from you talking about anyone like that. Like, I can't believe they called me and did that. And, you know, I know you, I know it's not true true. But I also had people call me and say, um, like I had somebody that I was working with as far as a donor for the Malt Maneuver. And they were like, you know, we don't want to work with you guys until you figure this out. Like we literally lost donors because they were like, you know, escalating flame wars and, you know, trying to keep me from being elected chair. Um, I mean, it's just like it really is sabotaging the party to have like this continuous rumor mill about people and just never extending them any grace, like any decision they ever made. And that's the other thing that you come to peace with. Like, no matter what I do, they're going to spin it into corruption. Like, there is nothing that I can do that's right. Um, And they use my sense of fairness against me. I mean, there's no doubt at this last meeting, I recognized board reps based on their uh, on their um, qualifications to serve, no matter what faction they were from. And, you know, they threw out our membership Rob Christine, like, I mean, just like on completely bogus, like, you know, we're only supposed to have seven people on committees and eight people voted. Well, the elections committee has more than, you know, like every committee has more than seven. You know, we grandfathered them that we were going to, you know, reduce them by attrition. Um, it's there in the documents. But again, people are just voting on political lines. I mean, there's no Integrity, there are no principles. I mean, it is really whatever you have to do for political gain, and I'm just I'm seeing it happen in this party. And again, it's not something I want to be a part of. Um, what, I know that I'm better than this, and I challenge them to be too.
0: Yeah. What um, What do you think the motivations are for the? Uh, you know, taking over is one thing, but what in the end? I mean, for a party or for a group that harps on messaging so often we see what happens when they do take over yeah. uh, a party and and start messaging and it it turns into just an absolute dumpster fire where you know the the face of a rabbi is being put on a penis uh, <laughs> you know uh, just awful or you know and don't even get me started on jeremy kaufman um what is what is the end game
1: I I honestly, I don't know what the motivations are. See, I don't think in these terms, like I've had a lot of people say that, you know, your opponent was just a sore loser and that's why we have all of these, you know, debating policy stuff or, you know, it's misogyny. They're doing this because you're a woman. Like, I don't know what it is. I think that they just like to argue. Like, I just think that they just, like, this is the debate club. Um, The messaging, like... I I feel like that's what people go to when they don't have any other substance. Um, You know, it's really easy to put out some memes on Facebook. It's a lot harder to, you know, win an election. Um, And, you know, that's what political parties really are here for. Um, You know, they keep harping on the mandates. My dad had a brain injury on March twentieth of twenty twenty. The the um, ER overdosed him on fentanyl and he has a severe anoxic brain injury and he was locked away from us for nine months because of Governor Whitmer. Um, nobody hates these mandates more than me. Um, like I mean but at the same time, like, you are not a freedom fighter because you refuse to wear a mask into a grocery store during a respiratory fan- pandemic, right? Like, I mean, that's a little bit loony. Like, I mean, so, like, I mean, they are still harping on the mandates, like, years after most people are living normally. Um, so, like, I guess we just don't see eye to eye. Like, I mean, we had lockdowns. I was I mean, they were detrimental to businesses. I mean, my dad was given um, drugs to chemically restrain him that, you know, further injured him seriously. He lost the use of his hands and that would not have happened had we been there. Um, I think that, you know, Governor Whitmer belongs in prison for crimes against humanity after what she did to my family. Um, But, you know, on the other side of that, like I was on PBS NewsHour talking about my grandma dying of COVID and I had libertarians laugh reacting to the interview. Like, I mean, it's just, like, do these people have no soul? Like, I mean, it's they're completely incapable of seeing the other side of it. So, like, I get it that you want mandate messaging, but when you put up, like, Stars of David and Auschwitz, like, is your messaging, like, I don't think that we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> you I know?
0: Mean, it's it's freedom and responsibility. Right. right? It, it, a lot of the people that, that have gone so over the top on code messaging, and I will... I will tell you the state party, the national party, the party apparatus shouldn't be, they can do some messaging, but the messi- messaging should be the the candidates because you don't want to
1: box it. I agree. You,
0: you don't want to box your, your candidates into positions that they might not hold or may not be the big issue, issue for them. Uh, right. So, you know, let the candidates make the bold policy pr- uh, pronouncements and all that stuff. Let the, party manage the affairs of the 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 party that's so how it can, should be you know put money out there put resources out there to assist candidates that's what a party should be doing um i i i've got a feeling that should some of these other takeover uh things happen that they're going to come into a uh, you know have a come to jesus moment about what it actually takes to run a state party it's not a twitter account it's not a it's not a facebook post it's, I
1: don't know if they care, David. I don't know if they care. Like, I don't know if they care about running candidates absolutely. or, you know, maybe they do. I mean, there are certainly some people who were out there hitting the pavement, getting the signatures, um, you know, and, you know, I hope that those people will be the ringleaders if they take it. Um, but, you know, I just, <coughs> um, I, I, they seem to want to rewrite everything without any kind of, um, you know, thought of the history of the organization. Or, you know, the way that things are actually structured. I mean, that's the problem is I've been playing within the rules within a civil war where, you know, nobody's paying attention to the rules anymore. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's just a it's just a situation. Like I said, nobody will refer things to committee. Nobody will. They bring motions that they don't add in advance. You know, they, they debate the fine nuance of policies for hours. Like, I mean, you just can't. Every single board meeting that I showed up to, I was bringing Robert's rules to a knife fight. I mean, that's the only way to put it. Um, and, like, I mean, there's so much work that we could have used for, to get these volunteer hours, you know, that we could have gone out there and done in our communities that we're just not doing because we're debating the nuance of policy. And then the very people who are running for positions in this party are saying, yeah, these are all the things we could should do. And it's like, well, why did you vote against it or abstain when you were on the board? And you could have been telling your friends that, like, this is the way that it should be run. But, like, you are enabling them to grind, you know, to you know throw rocks in the gears. Like I don't get it. Yeah. Um even more heartbreaking is seeing some of our most successful affiliates like, you know, fall to some of this takeover stuff where, you know, I mean, we've got a chair of a new affiliate who's like flat out saying, you know, um the chair doesn't do any work, you know, I'm just here to preside and like, you know, the people in the county are thinking You know, like, you know, I guess we'll go support our candidates, but, you know, we'll see what comes of it. I hope they get their second wind and, you know, continue doing their work. But that was another thing that they really criticized. And this is interesting for anybody who follows the inside stuff is because we've had a lot of similar things to what's going on at National happen within Pennsylvania on a smaller scale. Um. Bucks County was one of the things that they've recent that they've criticized me on. Um, in Bucks County, we had a chair who had not held the annual meeting in the time frame that he needed to. Um, I think that it was an oversight, like he wasn't trying to hold on to, um, but he didn't hold the meeting. And when the meeting adjourned, they had they I guess called the meeting back to order and like changed bylaws and installed officers. And the next thing you know, I've got like you know three complaints about Bucks County, right? Um, and so like I went to their next county meeting and I was like, "Listen, you guys I hold officer elections with notice, like do this properly. Otherwise, like it's going to go to the state board. The state board, just like the LNC, the only thing that they can do is disaffiliate." Um, And like, I mean, I can tell you, you've been challenged by three members within the county and it's going to come to like a disaffiliate or not disaffiliate vote. So please, like, just handle it locally so that it doesn't come to me because I don't want my first board meeting to be this. And they did. They picked it up and they handled things and they had officers elections and everything ended up exactly the same. But, you know, they criticized me for doing that. I feel that I did exactly what the LNC should have done. It said, figure this out yourself, or else we're gonna have the vote, and I don't know how the vote's gonna go, but we're gonna have the vote, you know, and you know it's either disaffiliate or not disaffiliate like i mean um i it, it, just ignoring it was not gonna work because the gauntlet had already been thrown, right like I mean, if we have members in good standing challenging the county we live in, we can't just not hear it, so I don't know what else they expected me to do. <laughs> but i'm just grateful that it was handled locally and i just wonder if you know new hampshire and massachusetts and delaware you know they should have done something similar instead of getting involved um you know
0: oh i know that's hot garbage it is hot garbage what they did so. yeah
1: i just i just don't get it because i and it's it's difficult <laughs> because you want to lean in, into it but you just can't like i mean there's it's not your role um, you know, the only thing that I could do is go tell them, okay, procedurally, this is what's going to happen. Um, you know, so you need to weigh that into your options, and they did, and they handled it. You know, and I mean, they're a good county, so I haven't gone back because I don't feel welcome. But
0: <laughs> yeah. so one of the commenters tonight uh, is a gentleman who's the coordinator for the state, uh, Mr. Joseph Van Wagner.
1: Oh yeah, Joe yeah
0: so i mean my my first interaction with this guy was when i uh put out a message saying that i would vote again now i was, all, was an alternate on the lnc at the time and i i said you know if if the vote came to me i would vote to remove karen ann Harlow as, as secretary mm-hmm. of the party um <clears throat> which eventually did happen um and he sent me a, just an awful message and i I just put him on blast on Facebook uh, and a lot of people are like, yeah, just don't listen to that dude. So him and I
1: actually used to be really good friends and, you know, things kind of got off the rails. He was mad at me because his wife unfriended me on Facebook or something. He thought I did it. I don't know. It's just turned into, you know, he has a whole slew of things about my motives and, you know, how shady I am. And, you know, that's fine. I mean, Joe can feel how Joe's going to feel. You know, it's a shame that it came to that because, you know, he is a very effective activist. Um, He's the person who made sure that people got on the ballot in Montgomery County. I don't think anyone else there would have cared about it. I think that he might have done it out of spite for me to prove that, you know, but, you know, if spite is what motivates him to go and get signatures so that he can say, I did it, you know, and, you know, screw Jen for saying that, you know, we don't care about this. You know, I hope that people have lots more of that kind of spite.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's,
1: that's me, that's me. you know, idea. putting it out as motivations, but, you know. Maybe that's not what it was, but, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just glad that he did what he did to get people elected because we do, we have a constable here in my township that Joe helped get on the ballot. So, and, you know, he did reach out to me a lot during ballot access. We talked almost every day. Um, with him asking me questions and me answering. And all of those conversations were perfectly reasonable. Um, I was always willing to work with him when I needed to. He's the person who, you know, threw me in front of the JC and who I expected to try to remove me as chair. Um, You know, again, like, I mean, it's just one of those things where when I look at people who are so angry and taking this stuff so seriously, um, I don't have time to LARP at politics. So, like, I'm just in a different place in my life where it's not that important to me anymore. So, like, I mean, he wants it more than I do. He can have it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Like, I'm just finishing out my obligations at this point. I've done my sentence and I am at peace with it.
0: That is awesome. <laughs> uh, I, I just I thought it was funny because there was that whole video that they put out about the oh, yeah. convention and I didn't even I
1: didn't even, it I didn't even watch all of it. Yeah, he wasn't even there. Um, but yeah, I didn't even watch all of it. I watched pieces of it. I'm like, oh, you know, the propaganda must go on. And yeah. again, like I just don't engage with it usually because like what is me starting an argument saying that's not how it happened one of the things they keep saying is that i told the new counties that the 180 day is always going to be waived um now that being said um what i actually told people is that we have a 180 day rule but it's always been waived in the past why would i even bring up the 180 day rule if i was trying to lie to people about it right like, why would I even mention it? I would just say, yeah, you're eligible to vote. Come on out to the convention. Like, I mean, I was very careful to tell people that. And I never in a million years expected it, that it wouldn't be waived. Um, you know, that's that was just, you know, and I really believe that I would have won chair either way. Um, I think mm-hmm. that we have the people there. I think it would have been a lot closer. Um, I mean, that whole convention was, you know. I mean, it just it started, you know, the ball rolling to just a really rough term. We were able to get a lot done in spite of the, inco- in, in the infighting. Um, but, you know, the truth is, like, you know, there were a lot of these people who were walking around saying, I will work with anyone but Jen. Um, and they have proven that to be true. They will work with anyone but me, but they're going to make sure that they shut me out because I'm you know in a leadership position. and that's the, the other thing, um, David, is I like am an actual leader in my job. <laughs> like this isn't leadership. like this is something else. Um, it's just a completely different ball game being a political chair. Um, because people have this image in their mind of what you're supposed to be, and then you have what you actually need to get done, and they're not the same things. I was a much better vice chair than chair. Um, I was really, you know, good at debating on the board. Um, I was really good at organizing counties. I enjoyed it because it was more task oriented. Being chair is more managing egos and I've just lost more and more patience for it as time goes on. People who waste my time get one phone call where they get to gripe at me for an hour. and like they get a few of their long emails and then I start like just ignoring them because like I don't have time in my day to hear the same complaint over and over and over again from these people. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been complaining about the same crap for years and they don't even make any sense anymore. <laughs> you know? Well, it,
0: it just seems like shifting sands every, every, it is. you know, <laughs> you did this now. Okay. Well, this is the problem. You do this. Now this is the problem. It, it, it's no way to run a party. Like No. And do they expect that they're going to have uh, get that grace when they become chair? Like I,
1: I don't know. I tell you what. <coughs> the people who are running for positions in this party need to grow a lot thicker skin because people are going to criticize you all the time unfairly. And this literally is like one of the first times that I've spoken out about it. Um <laughs> time for another Budweiser. I, I gave up drinking. Yeah, I think yeah. that I may, I may need to have some wine after this next uh, convention because, you know, it's, yeah. But it's, yeah, I mean, they need to grow a thicker skin. It's not, and, and you know, that's never been a problem for me. Um, I know my own worth. I don't, like, nothing that these people say about me really affects me. Um, you know, I've had a lot of, like, you know, I, I mean, everybody shares the screenshots, and I always tell them, like, nothing that you're saying about me is private. Like, All of the stuff that you think you're saying in your private little chats and stuff, like, you know, people show me. I ask them to only show me the stuff that, like, actually has pertinence to my job because the rest of it just makes it harder for me to work with people. But, like, I'm at the point where, like, I don't really care that much about working with people anymore. I just have, you know, I I don't have much left to do. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's not really anything left to do in this next week, even as chair, like towards the end, there was nothing to do except for like, you know, call on the next person during meetings. Um, yeah. You know, I wasn't voting. I wasn't, you know, it was just making sure everybody got heard and getting through the list. So,
0: and you what know. List that is. I mean, yeah. I, I, I will tell you as, as state chair, I don't think, I mean, I don't think my entire meetings lasted as long as probably two of your meetings. Like yeah it's, help, including- the last,
1: Yeah, the last one was i mean it's just part of it's the fact that we have a 48 person board i mean that's completely yeah. untenable um but it's always the same couple people that you know are talking over and over and over again um but you know at the end of the day you've got a 48 person board and you just like we we are hearing things that don't do anything to move us forward um you know policies on like you know recordings and emails are the things that have come up recently, and I realize they're really important to people, but it just needs to be punted to committee. Um, The credentialing policy is really a shame that nothing got through, but, you know, again, we had Mr. Van Wagner in the um, membership, you know, chats, like, you know, he would just lambast everybody, like, you know, this is, you know, the way that it's going to be done, and if you won't compromise by doing it my way, I'm going to the JC over and over and over again. I mean, you know, we saw it, but, you know, I just, you know, there comes a point where there's nothing else that I can say or do. Like, people are going to do what they're going to do, and, you know, they'll either figure it out or they won't. We we have the opportunity to be really successful. Um, you know, there's more members right now than we've had throughout history. There's more elected officials. Um, there's a lot that can be done with that if they don't let it, you know, fade away. I mean, the, the sand is going to slip through their hands if they don't start picking up the ball and fundraising and making sure that these groups of people that we've brought together, stay together. Um, you know, that's the challenge that they need to pick up. And if you don't want to work with me, that's fine. You don't have to, but you do have to work with some of the other people and you have to get over the fact that they flipped up off a bus once a year ago. Right?
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh- tensions ran high at that. I mean, I've never seen a convention quite like that. Um, uh, the one in, uh, last year in, in yeah. Pittsburgh, uh, um, oh, they're
1: already all writing their own agendas for this convention. It's,
0: you know, yeah, it's amazing. Um, and the, uh, you know, vitriol know. and, uh, you know, yeah. I, I was, I was taken aback by it because, you know, we, again, we're, we're pretty copacetic here in West Virginia, but, um,
1: I'm telling you I yeah. walk into a room and there's people that I have never met who are staring me daggers. I mean people who just hate me. Like you can see it on their face. They hate me and I've never met them before. Um and it's like it, it's really an unhealthy toxic environment when people are doing that. Like I'm a volunteer. Um I mean that's all there is to this. Like it's just absolutely insane that the, these people are taking themselves in this party this this seriously. Um that you know I <laughs> I don't get it. You know, this is a little tiny party that gets like 2% of the vote. We're growing, we're building, but like, you know, you all need to sit down.
0: And you're building the right way. That's the crazy yeah. thing about it. Like, <laughs> I would love to be able to, have, you know, run a ton of people for local offices. Uh, we, we, we are getting people elected to local offices here in the state. But, you know, having that bounty of offices that would normally just be, you know, political uh, little... Prizes that you hand off to your buddies uh, by the Democrats and the Republicans are now in the hands of Libertarians. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have that here in, in West Virginia, and I would kill to have that that ability to say we've got a hundred some odd West Virginians elected to to serve these offices. Now, when we go to a uh, county commission election, we can say, "Hey, they've been serving as such right. and such," and that's the thing that that I, I just don't get as. Why people are dismissive of it? Uh, why people are uh, other than just pure politics? And it it's stupid. Like you know, this is how you build a party from the ground up. You're not going to shoot the moon and and elect a president uh, when you're kept off, you know, uh, at least a quarter of the state ballots almost every year. Yeah. Um, and you have to fight for ballot access. It just it, it. So many things would have to have. I mean, it's almost like a King Ralph moment where the Democrat and Republican would have to fly their planes into each other and all of a sudden we're the only candidate left standing. Like
1: but, that- you know, we, we can't even govern ourselves, like, and follow the rules. Um, like, I don't know how we can expect to ask anybody to vote for us at this point. Like, I mean, that's where I'm at with the Libertarian Party. Like, I mean, we really have... Um, come to a point where, you know, we can't even, like, get through a state meeting and, like, agree on, you know, fundraising goals and, you know, events goals and, you know, a strategy. Um, like, I mean, how can we ask anybody? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah I'm, I'm to that point myself. I'm I'm looking at what I'm going to be doing for the next few months, uh, you know, just is that future without the Libertarian Party? Is it with another Libertarian Party? Liber- liberty organization doing work to advance uh liberty wherever i can or is it going to be you know uh watching what happens in in Reno and and beyond just spin into a dumpster fire
1: well, my um I actually booked a um, cabin um in the mountains um for the weekend of the national convention. My husband's talking about going to a music festival instead, like a grateful dead thing. So we haven't decided what we're gonna do yet, but I haven't planned on going to Reno for, you know, quite some time. Um yeah, I just either. you know, yeah, I just am not interested. If anybody has any um needs any help with anything they're working on or, you know, I am still deciding where I'm gonna go next. Um I've had, you know, a couple of people reach out to me. I don't really want to work on any libertarian campaigns i've had a few like campaign manager offers i feel like it's a little bit too close to the party i'm telling you what i am getting legal threats at least once a week from um various people like i have never seen a group of people who claims to hate the state who are so willing to wield its power against other people you all need to do better like i mean it is like absolutely insane and i think that it's just like I, i don't know if you mean it or if it's just like you're trying to like rattle me um, you know between that and the nasty text messages and like I mean it's just not really worth my time anymore um, I was the director of a crisis pregnancy center um, I've done grant writing um, I I worked at the USO even um, you know I've done a lot of volunteer jobs um, I worked on a bunch of like you know wildlife initiatives and like clean water initiatives over the past um, I mean I've, I, I still volunteer at an animal rescue with my kids. Um, every other Saturday, so like I mean, I, I'm telling you, I do more good for the world and have more fun scooping cat litter than I do chairing libertarian meetings. Like, like cat litter is literally better, and I and it's it is more of a boon to our society.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, Ed. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. I think I cover a lot of it. Like I said,
1: it was a, you know, kind of a, you know, stream of consciousness. I will say that, you know, um, we've had the chair of our judicial legislative action and finance committee resign. Our eastern vice chairs resigned. Our executive directors resigned. At least three or four county chairs have resigned. And there's a bunch more that are going to be on their way out the door. Y'all are burning down the house that you live in. I mean, that's that that's the message that I want to give you. Um, I will be here for ballot access for Liz Terwilliger. Um, you're not going to be able to reach out to me all summer. Um, I mean, you're not going to be able to expect a response like you've had in the past. Um, I would be happy if someone wants to come forward to do that now and pick my brain and have me talk to you about, you know, the various pay petitioners and pass on some of that knowledge. But like, don't come crying to me two weeks before deadline. <laughs> cat litter caucus right. um, <laughs> i mean it, we've just we've come to a point where decorum is like totally non-existent um you know everything is like you know flame wars um i'm just tired i'm tired you, i'm done
0: when you treat politics as a zero sum some game you're always going to be rewarded with this exact sum of zero just yeah. just remember that like it, you know even in your your dealing with Democrats and Republicans, if you're treating politics as a zero-sum game, you're going to be rewarded with zero eventually. Yeah. And and it's going to be a very painful zero. Yeah. Um, I, I don't... There are a lot of small people that want big power.
1: They're yeah, not going to find it in these roles.
0: No, well, uh, you know, I think we're be comfortable with being small fish or big fish in a small pond. Yeah. But we are going to be but uh, it's not going to end well for them because they're that po- that pond is going to get smaller and smaller. It's going to be a puddle. And, uh, you know, as we get further on uh, beyond this, ele- you know, e- election cycle uh, we'll see how, what the impact is downstream. Um, I, you know, I've always looked at this kind of takeover thing as uh, you know, where it's going, where it's happened before and where, where you know where they're really putting their energy at? Um, if you look at what happened in the 2020 election and the 2016 election, the places they're doing it are the hot, you know, the, the purple places, the the places where you know Biden won but Hillary lost, uh, Trump narrowly wins. Uh, you know, you're talking about your New Hampshire, your your uh, Nevada, your Arizona. Uh, There's a lot of
1: interest who don't want the Libertarian Party to become successful. I mean, that's one of the conspiracy theories that floats around, but it's one of the ones that's probably more plausible in all reality. Um, And when they're talking about things like secession and like they're they're almost like glorifying violent revolution. Like, I mean, some of these people are scary.
0: Which is funny because they always talk about being anti-war, but it's they're anti-war except for the
1: Civil War. Right. 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 I mean, I've seen some of this stuff in county chat groups and like, you know, some of the things that they say, it's like, wow, like, I mean, I, I just, you know, I'm ready for some distance. Um, You know, I, you know. I have served my time. That's all I have to, I've served my sentence, you know, I've done everything that I can do and I'm proud of what our team did. Um, You know, I still want to see a lot of libertarians. I just want to get together for a ball game or a picnic or, you know, to go for brunch. I don't want to see board meetings anymore. So, and like, I mean, I think that, you know, they hoped that they would break me and I would leave with my hanging my head in shame. And I, I don't feel that way at all. I'm just incredibly proud of what we did. Um, But you know, my time has passed and you know, I never planned to be in this, for more than five years um it's a long time for this intense of a volunteer job um to be you know in this kind of a hot seat like nobody should be in leadership forever
0: no uh especially if you ca- count yourself as a libertarian the last thing you really want is leadership uh, yeah like you should you should go to any libertarian meeting and find the person that is hiding in the corner and make them the leader because yeah. they're the the person that wants it the least and will get out as soon as, as I possible. tried
1: to be that person. I tried so hard and I was within <laughs> within a year I was in leadership, but that's another interesting thing is, you know, from the beginning, I never really wanted chair. I just really wanted the maneuver over to succeed. And my opponent, um, you know, he yeah. voted against the molten Maneuver. And I know that they like to tell people that's a lie, but it's not a lie. The recording still exists. Um, we know who voted against funding the molten, molten Maneuver. <laughs> um, you know, there were three people who voted against it that day. Right. Um, but, you know, regardless, like, you know, I didn't feel like, you know, unless we kept the trajectory that we had going, that it would be successful. So that's why I ran. I re- never really intended to go for a second term because, like, an even year... Ballot access is kind of a slog. I mean, you need ten thousand signatures. You have to deal with paid petitioners. Like the only thing you're really fighting for is minor party status. Um, it was a good time to exit. Um, and you know, the other thing is, is I knew as people ramped up to fight me, they would show everybody who they are, and they have.
0: They're doing it in the chat. Yeah, they're doing it in the
1: chat. I'm sure. I'm sure that they're there, they're and they're I won't too. even look at it because you know a lot yeah, of my yeah. oh. have blocked. A lot of them I have blocked anyway because it's not worth it. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, it's 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 the ass Clown all, All-Star team.
1: Uh, well, that's why I don't engage with them is because it's bad for the party to escalate it like this. Like, it's just not good for anybody um, to, like, give them something to hang on to and to complain. I'm sure that little Thunderdome chat they had going is, you know, is going funny. crazy, too. They have a signal group where they
0: garbage.
1: they just, like, yell at each other all day long. And, like, you know, and it's like. It, I see it like escalate into our committees and everybody's like, you said such and such in the Thunderdome. It's like. Yeah.
0: The Thunderdome chat is, is just. Uh, Are you, you in, in there? there? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody. Oh, somebody
1: me. brought me in there too. And I immediately left.
0: Uh, it's just a massive dick whipping contest. I I,
1: I have you know. no interest. Like I, I don't have time in my day. I'm an adult. Right.
0: <laughs> I dump in there and just look at it and just go. Damn.
1: Yeah. I mean that's the I mean like I mean they can keep their larping and I'm going to move on with my life you know it's just you know I don't take any of this that seriously and that's why I was absolutely joyful, um after that um at that last meeting because I knew that it was the last meeting and it might not be the last we might have to call a special meeting because we've got some questions about out of state voters coming up that are actually kind of interesting, um you know it was brought that's another this just goes to show the motive stuff right so it was brought in good faith that you know it may be against. PA election code for us to have out-of-state voters vote. Um, And I really was surprised by the pushback because, honestly, this is something I thought everybody wanted. Like everybody, like from every faction, submitted bylaws proposals to remove out-of-state voters. Um, But like, I mean, so it was brought forward by one of the county reps that said, you know, we need a legal opinion on this. And there has just been like crazy pushback to, you know, no, we can't not allow out-of-state voters. But like, I mean, ultimately, um, it looks like it could have like implications for like our candidates being challenged and things like that. Um, if we allow I know people Pennsylvania
0: to has primary, yeah, yeah. no, Pennsylvania has issues with candidate challenges. If they can find a loophole,
1: so and, you know,
0: I'm a I'm a out of state voter, and that kind of would make me mad because uh, you know I've already booked my room for there. Right. I'll see you guys uh, there in the chat uh, next week, but uh, you know, uh, protect the ballot access. You got to protect ballot access.
1: Well, I mean, if we have to call a special meeting forward, it will be just for that. And, you know, like, I mean, there's a pretty compelling case that maybe we shouldn't allow this. Um, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm surprised at the visceral about it. But, you know, it's it's one of those. They're, But again, it comes back to motives. Why are they doing this now? Well, they're. it was done now because we have a convention coming. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, they're just doing this to attack me. This like like I. You guys have people coming from out of state too, or, or you know, don't you? Like everybody has people coming from out of state. Like I don't know, like I have not looked at credentialing at all this year. I don't intend to. I just like I didn't look at it last year until it was over. Yeah. Um. So like I mean, it just I don't know. I, I we may have to have a special meeting on that. Um. I've read the statutes. I've read a little bit of the legal opinion of our inside people. Like I don't know what'll happen with it, but I just am surprised at the backlash because I thought this was something that everybody wanted.
0: Yeah, I mean it's gone on for several years. I mean like yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'll be there regardless. Yeah.
1: You know, it was there was another funny one recently where we've been um posting the um speakers for our convention on Facebook one at a time and Dave Smith went up and there was naturally a little bit of backlash, right? Um, And I mean, it was organic, but, you know, it immediately turned into like this Facebook screenshot of like, you know, look at these losers. They put this up at 10 o'clock at night and had all their friends go and say negative stuff. Like, no, there was no conspiracy. Like nobody like it just everything isn't a conspiracy. Everything that you don't like in the world is not a conspiracy. Like if you think it is, you must be really stressed out. (laughs) Like, Dave Smith got pushed back because he's Dave Smith, right? Like, I mean, because he's had some bad takes on things that people don't like, Um, you know. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, like, immediately it was a conspiracy by leadership that we sent people to say nasty things about him. And, and, you know, so they dogpiled the post. And it's like, you know, I just don't get it. Like, I don't know. I don't want to share space with people who want to debate the nuance of things like rape and age of consent. Like, I just don't have any time for you. I just don't have any time for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will, I will definitely not be at the uh, Dave Smith twelve shot minimum. Uh, no group.
1: No, uh, neither will I. that,
0: I'll be I'll be hanging out with with my friends. So yeah. Um, anything else
1: for the evening? I don't think so. We covered a lot. I don't know yeah. how clear I was. I think. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity because I do plan on getting a little bit of this out here over the next few weeks before I retire yeah. from it. Um, you know, it is what it is, and you know, I think that my side needs to be told. I think that the people who are in the chat being nasty, you know, I'm not talking to you. Like, this wasn't for you. I'm glad that you enjoyed your evening, um, of getting yourself amped up, but this was for the other people who needed to hear it. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, I mean, honestly, you're, you're watching this and, and, you know, it's, they couldn't even grant you one night of peace. Like, <laughs> you
1: know, oh, they never do. They never do. No,
0: no, and they, they'll probably be, you know, still after you, still blaming you for everything. Uh, you know, well after.
1: Oh yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Is it's going to be they left us with a mess. They did that. They, they did this. No, we gave you warning that we were stepping away. Um, you know, it's you guys' turn. Um, you know, I mean, I don't even know how officer elections will go. I think it's going to be close again.
0: Uh oh. Um, question. I've, I've I've heard this asked before.
1: <laughs> I'm originally from West Michigan. Um I moved here when I was twenty-eight and I'm gonna be 40 this year, so I'm never going to uh lose my accent. But it's hilarious. My kids can go back and forth. Like my my son will be like, mommy says on, daddy says on. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's like interchangeable for them, but yeah, it's a West Michigan accent. I uh, am from Justin Amash's area. He lives about 45 minutes from my parents. So I don't know if you hear it in him as much as me. I think it's more sing song and women.
0: (laughs) All right. I'm going to, I'm going to ban Joseph Van Wagner for being a dick. Ah, good. Yeah. Uh, I did that years ago. Yeah. You know, (laughs) said most annoying accent ever. Like,
1: seriously, man, come
0: on. You know, it's just,
1: yeah you know what there's nothing that joe can say that's going to get under my skin i'm well past that yeah Uh, you know like i said when people show me who they are i believe them and you know i block them on facebook and cut them from my life as much as i can so um and you know he only has to listen to my accent for a little while more
0: there you go that's one
1: thing Yep. I can say about the Libertarian Party, I've gotten better at public speaking. I've gotten better at interviewing. I think this interview has been a little all over all over the place. I've learned Roberts. I think that if I was ever chairing a sane organization, that I could do a pretty good job running a meeting where if people actually wanted to work together. So I feel like, you know, professionally I have brought, you know, some, you know, skills out of this whole endeavor. So it wasn't a complete waste. Um, And it also taught me exactly where I don't want to be. <laughs> Anyway, on that note.
0: <laughs> well, you know what, Jen, I will tell you. Uh, congratulations uh, on your service, uh, Thank you. not just as chair but as vice chair. All you've done for the the Malt Maneuver, uh, all you've done for the state of Pennsylvania, and getting people to see the Libertarian Party as a party that that does win elections, that can uh, step up not just into in the smaller races. We're seeing people elected as you know, mayor and, and city council and things like that. And, you know, that's just a testament to the work that, you know, you, under your administration, under Steve Sheets administration, Mm -hmm. uh, that all the hard work that you guys have done. And, um, you know, I can't wait to see you guys next week, uh, in a few days, uh, Saturday morning. Um, look forward to all the fun stuff and, uh, Thank you. And, uh, thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. You know, this is one of those things that I went back and forth about doing it, but you know, I think that it needs to be heard. Um,
0: You you absolutely earned your right to say what you said. I mean, I've, you know, we, we, we've talked and and I've heard what's going on and what people have done to you and said about you. And, uh, you know, if this is you know, people think this is unbecoming of a state chair. You've earned this moment to say what you've said, and uh, I don't
1: even think that I've said anything that bad. I no. mean, and I mean, the truth is, like, I mean, I've seen my friends act not very um, appropriately either at times. But you know, the difference is, I guess, is you know, I've a lot of times when things have blown up, is I've almost seen them bullied into it. Um, yeah. You know, I haven't really responded to the bullying; I stayed above it. Um, you know, this here is me responding to it.
0: Yeah, and this you know, this should serve as a uh, as a warning to anybody who actually serves in this role, not only, you know, this next election, but in future elections that you know, this is the shit that goes on and they, yeah. there are people out there that have bad motives and, and do bad things and make your life a living hell and, and you know They will project know,
1: all of their motives onto you
0: Yeah, uh, when like when you said we were talking about, you know getting a group together to, to spam a post. That's what they do.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I know that's the thing is they, they think everybody else acts that way because that's literally what, how that, what they're doing. Um, I was really appreciative for that post because it let me know who I needed to remove from my Facebook. There you go. You know, uh, throwing
0: a little chlorine in the gene pool, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jen. Uh, and thanks everyone for watching on, uh, we have a ton of people on YouTube, uh, uh, couple of people on Facebook and on Twitch, uh, don't get the numbers for Twitter, but, um, you know, uh, all those people out there, thank you for watching us. Um, I want to just give a quick plug for my buddy, Travis, Travis is a strong supporter of, uh, you know, the Ukrainian people and, and has a, you know, girlfriend from Ukraine and, and, uh, has been suffering, but uh, I want to refer people to his business, the deep end antiques in Beckley, West Virginia. Um, one of the best places to find, you know, West Virginia is famous for its blown glass. It's, it's crystals and all that fun stuff, uh, military surplus. If you want to get some great stuff, uh, and find yourself in Beckley, West Virginia, stop by the deep end antiques, uh, or you can go on the Facebook page and interact with Travis yourself. Travis is a fantastic dude, fantastic libertarian. Uh, so, uh, please give him your business. Um, again, deep end antiques in Beckley, West Virginia. And thanks everyone for watching this week and uh, we will see you all. I don't know if I'm going to have a show next week. It's uh, I'll be traveling uh, back from the Pennsylvania State Convention, but we'll see. Um, But uh, anyway, thanks everyone for watching and we'll talk to everyone uh, soon.